Hello there and welcome to the INFJ Journey podcast. I am Ariane Feldjax, an INFJ art writer, podcaster, storyteller and founder of the INFJjourney.com. No one is you and that is your power. This could be a pretty good way of getting the gist of the INFJ's life experience. Yet our journey is no walk in the park. It is one of unique challenges and hard to get rewards. One of deep solitude and constant battle. To find a way, our way, to turn our unique gifts and our vision into reality. But you are not alone in this world. There are others just like you. On this podcast channel, we discuss all things INFJ. This is our place where we can be what we truly are, share our thoughts, our questions, our dreams, our insights, our epiphanies, our challenges, and our vision. This is our journey too, where you are seen, heard, and understood as well. There's never been a better time than now to share our stories with the rest of the world. So, go ahead and join us on a journey of discovery and endless imagination. Emotional addiction is the biggest cause of affliction. Garima Gold, picture this. You've just been introduced to a group of new people, say, at your workplace. Most of them will not survive the day in this amazing mind of yours because, mm, because to you, most of them are just living their lives, but they are not alive, not really, not according to your definition of life. You are bored. Even if there's always a part of you that remains curious about any new situation, having to chit-chat with new colleagues, pretending to be here where in fact you are there, knowing perfectly well that the whole thing will be gone tomorrow, especially what matters to you most, connecting. Why is it so hard to connect with human beings? Why are they so scared of truly connecting? And why do they spend so much time circling around their true needs, their true fears, and their true desires? What do they want from the world anyway? Do they even know? And from themselves too, come to that. And why do they seem so upset when they are around you? Crazy, right? You don't even need to say something or even do something. Maybe, just maybe, that's because for them, you act as some sort of photography developer bath to non-INFJ people. You know what I'm talking about. It is as if anything people are beneath the surface of things just came to light whenever you're around. They just can't BS you. No way. Perhaps that's why most people get so upset when around us or tend to ignore us. Yet sometimes one of these people look at you in a different light. They seem 
generally intrigued, fascinated by the enigma of you. It almost always happens this way. You've learned to recognize the signs by now. First, the intense curiosity about what and or who you are. That's the honeymoon phase, so to speak, when someone is, someone is immensely curious about you. They can't flatter you enough. Too much, maybe. And for any self-respecting INFJ, this is real torture. We don't like that kind of praise. No, strike that. We absolutely don't need that kind of praise. Why? Why should we always be wary of that kind of behavior? Because it is not real. Nothing to do with us and everything to do with them, their words their perception, their beliefs or lack thereof, their obsession, their limitations, everything that is unresolved in their life somehow ends up polluting yours. They want to get closer, closer to you because they feel like you know something they don't. There is this thing in you that is deeply mysterious, intoxicating, addictive even. The whole package, yes, people's emotion and your innate ability to feel them, to experience them from within and perhaps to live them as intensely as if they were yours, your unique way of capitalizing on something that is not even yours. But it's not just emotions. There's also what no one else but you can see. Visions of what is underneath the so-called reality. Images, gateways to hidden meanings, insights to the whole universe. Who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't want access to that? At least for those of for those who are aware enough to sense your incredible power, it is very, very, no question about that, but not without risk too. It's an emotion, emotional addiction people develop around us. But like all addictions, they feed on pain. They feed on fear not on love. The question is, what are you going to do with this unhealthy yet undoubtedly flattering addiction some people seem to develop when around you? Yes, you might choose to ignore it, but the things you choose to ignore have their way of coming back to your life again and again. So what can you do? my dear fellow INFJs of the world. I don't know about you guys, but I don't fancy being used by anybody. I'm not just like the gatekeeper of the universe. I'm not a master key to the invisible. Or am I? Or some kind of fix to help someone getting high. I'm not someone else's addiction. Hell no. Perhaps I'm being way too picky about whom I let in my life. But I believe 
each of us is responsible for finding the key to their own door in the vast universe. And the more I think about it, the more I realize there is something both very ambivalent and amazing about us, energies of the world. I'm sure many of us, especially if you are a mature INFJ, have already experienced that. As INFJs, we can be both addicts, whatever the addiction we're talking about, and addictive to some people. And it's kind of funny when you think about it, because deep down, what we're trying to do is to become as aware as possible, as INFGs, aware of everything, starting with, the, with our own nature, while the people who are chasing us do it to feed on their own illusions most of the time. In a way, we are very much the whole universe sniffers, only we usually don't do drugs. Perhaps we are the drugs. What do you think my dear fellow INFJs of the world, have you ever been through that kind of predicament? Perhaps as INFJs, we are not supposed to choose our edges. Perhaps all we have to do is to trade our territory the best we can. This might sound incredibly selfish to some of us, maybe. But as a mature INFJ, I tend to believe that we should strive towards clarity, not dependency, even if it is very, very flattering to be addictive to someone. It is not easy to be an INFJ. I think we can, co we can all agree on that. It hurts, whatever issue you are trying to tackle. And it's a risky business to be an addict, but being addictive to someone might even prove more dangerous. Alchemy is the name of the game. And the only question is, are we up to it? Well, hello, hello, my dear fellow INFJs of the world. How are you doing today? I know, I know, I know. It seems like eternity. I just vanished for a while. Thankfully, not forever. But I, I, I couldn't do otherwise. Not really anyway. And be assured that during this time, I didn't forget about you. How could I? You are part of my life. But it is true that I wasn't there and also that I couldn't be there for you. And why was that? And the short answer to that question is that I am currently being two countries at the time between France and Sweden. And it's a very... Uh, It's exhausting to say the least. And during this time, I I have uh, I have to pr prioritize what I do in my life because let's face it, I I am like anybody else. I have to put food on the table, and to do that, I have to prioritize what I do. But this podcast channel is very important to me. That is why I came back to it as soon as I could. And I strongly, strongly apologize to you all, my friends, my dear fellow INHs of the world. I didn't let you down, but I had to prioritize. Sorry about that, guys. And now that I am here, at least as much as I can, because my, my situation is not solved yet, It is on its way to be solved, but not yet. So now that I am here, 
I am very happy to be here first, first of all. And I would like, before uh, we continue the podcast, I would like to uh, to deliver a special uh, shout out to Adam in uh, Australia, because Adam has been very, very uh, gently and friendly, persistent about uh, my absence. And he has, uh, he has reminded me a couple of times how important I am to him. And I I, uh, I am willing to, to think that I am important to you too, uh, hopefully. So special thanks to Adam for uh, reminding me uh, how important it is to talk to you and imp- or how important it is for me to listen to whatever you have to say to me. So back to the podcast, uh, I, I, um, I saw that during my absence, uh, you have been almost now 10,000, very close to 10,000 to listen to me. And of course, I can't, I can't uh, say all the, the countries, but the, there are around between the last time I did a, a podcast episode, which was four months ago. And today, like maybe uh, 160 new uh, towns in different countries. I think it's around 45 countries now, uh, just for my, the, the time of my leave of absence. And I, I would like to say a big thank you to all these new listeners to the INFJ podcast and welcome them warmly. Thank you so much for uh, being part of this uh, elusive uh, community of INFJs. Thank you. So now uh, we we are going to proceed, and uh, I would like to to ask you a question, guys. And the question is: Are there people among you that are not book addicts? Because the way I see it, they are not. INFJs are bookworms, book addicts, book junkies, whatever the, 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 the term we use, we, uh, as INFJs, we need books, e-books, books, audiobooks, you name it, but we, we need them. They are very, very important to us. Our books, and of course, the writing closely follows for most of us, but there's something absolutely magic mysterious and deeply addictive with with books. I I bet many of us go through the same kind, more or less, of rituals with their books. First, we take a sniff at the book's ink, perhaps even the older the better. And we, we take a sniff at the ink and as perfect biblicals, which is sorts of book addicts, uh, then the first words of the story make their way to our powerf- powerful minds. And when I say words, it could very much be an image because we are very visual people. And I don't know about you guys, but I, when I have a books uh, in my, my hands, the first thing I, I do is to read the, co- the, 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 the back cover and, and, and then I open the book, then I sniff it, and then I read the first words, which are very much uh, first images, the master image, and if and only if the master image uh, is talking to me deeply 
and and importantly, then I'm going to proceed with the rest of the book. But otherwise, I'm not going to read the book because if if I I don't feel like I have been uh, grabbed violently, uh, grabbed by the book, I, I'm not going to read it. Why bother if not? And once we have uh, we, we grab the book, it's pretty much the moment we, we become dead to the world. No way the world can compete with what we see in books as INFGs, as visionary INFGs. We may try very hard to overcome our addiction to books, some of us maybe, but we usually relapse. And that's a good thing, I should say. Don't you think? And not all of us realize this, but books and INFGs, that's practical. That's practically the same kind of DNA. We are both very much about stories, feelings, questions, quests and wonderments, but also solitude, challenges, losses, goodbyes, visions. And we are lucky even every now and then. We we are lucky and I suppose many of us are lucky this way. Epiphanies. Books are packed with all kinds of emotions and unsolved issues, problems. And so are we as INFGs. Yet we somehow manage to find a way, our way, through the maze of our life and capitalize on books' knowledge the big way, the very big way. This is part of our charisma as INFGs and why some people are so drawn to us because we are so deeply attuned to emotions in real life or in books. We are able to spot the tiniest hint of emotion, vision, stories. We see the invisible, perhaps not all the time, but very often, especially the seasons INFJs. And as INFJs, we have this amazing ability to connect things. We all know that. But we do much more than that, in fact. We relieve the stories inside the books. We prolong them, amplify them endlessly as they transform who we are world after world, image after image. And for some of us, this transformation is the foundation on which we build a new kind of reality for us and sometimes for the worlds too. I, I don't know about you guys, but to me, books are very, very much intoxicating, so much more than people. It is weird. I know, perhaps I shouldn't say that, but I'm being honest with you. I found that the books are very much, way much more intoxicating than most people. And yes, it is weird. But what can I say? INFJs are definitely a limited edition with an act for connecting the dots. Let's get the elephant out of the room, shall we? Do INFJs usually do drugs? And the answer is... They usually don't. So you may ask why this episode about addiction then? Because drug, drugs is the 
obvious suspects when we think about addiction. Also because we all know how damaging drugs can be, both for the addict and for their loved ones. But there are different kinds of addictions. And the funny thing is, we are not always aware that we have become addicts at something, or even more elusive, at someone. I am an addict. Yes, I confess, but not to drugs or prescription drugs, alcohol, pills, food, gambling, sex, pain, shopping, violence, social media, fasting, video games, stealing, you name it. The list is very, very long. So what's my poison? Besides books, a lot of weird things, actually. Let's see. I'm addicted to imagination, to solitude, to silence, to nature, to staying awake and alone in the dark during the night, to looking at things, especially through a window, to stories, to time travel, to questions, to images, to visions, to memories, to mysteries, to history, to time itself, to thinking, to sounds, to smell, to museum, to knowledge, to learning, to heritage, to writing, and the list is very long. Those are the main addictions I have. And perhaps you have the same. I don't know. But one thing I know for certain, I could never be addicted to losing control over things. No way. I know, I know I'm a control freak and I'm afraid it's very much in our DNA as well as INFGs. I am a truly a control freak. That I confess. So what's the big difference between my kind of addiction as INFG and the other kinds? It's not only the idea of having control over things, although it's clearly essential for me and probably for you too. It's also the idea of expanding beyond my being, beyond my own time, beyond the invisible. I, I, I can't entertain the idea of not being able to go beyond things. This is something that scares me way much more than being a, a, an, an addict at, at the other kind of addictions I mentioned earlier. Of course. I can't. And for those among us who become real addicts, but uh, who, who could have become real addicts, but found the strength not to be, I say, bravo, you are real heroes because it's difficult to fight those those need those cravings sometimes and i can understand if some of us have become the other kind of addicts i mentioned earlier but if you are not if you are fought the good fight and won the fight and you are not an addict today bravo to me you are real heroes and not to mention the fact that by being practical about our other addictions, we are, the one I mentioned I have, uh, we are actually helping our fellow INFGs because uh, let's face it, there are so few of us in the world. Our addictions can make a huge difference if we are in control and if we know how to capitalize on them. Yes, they can, they can make a huge difference in the world to us, to all of us, INFGs. You don't believe me? No problem. I'll show you now. I don't suppose this is all news to you guys, but many among us have had a crappy 
childhood. You know, dysfunctional families, absent parents, abusive relationships, verbal, physical violence, abandonment, poverty, total ignorance, bordering neglect of our true INFJ nature. And the list again goes on and on. All these years of intense pain, sorrow, frustration, loneliness, helplessness. But it's not even the worst part. Nope. The worst part is still to come, I'm afraid to say. I I don't want to spoil the fun for the youngest among us, so to speak. But it takes an awfully long time to become an accomplished accomplished INFJ, an empowered INFJ, if you will, free to choose our path, free to be oddballs as much as we want to, regardless of the possible consequences. And what I mean by that is because of our unique abilities, like our intuition, empathy, insight, creativity, imagination, connected the dots kind of mind, curiosity, visionary brain, resilience, visual way of moving into the world, sensibility, perfectionism, psychic-like radar kind of mind, complexity, analytical superpower, intelligence, daydreaming, tragic sense of life, self-demanding nature, because of all those specifically INFJ abilities, it's tough for us, very much so. We will be alone and misunderstood, neglected, diminished, unaware of our real potential, in short, prevented from being ourselves, at least for a very long time. Maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe half of your life? And if you're lucky, just one third of your life. And it takes time, as I said before, to become an empowered INF. But it happens. Yes, it does. Now, I'd like you to ask, uh, uh, I'd like to ask you a question, my dear fellow INFJs of the world. Have you ever had the feeling that there were kind of two people living inside of you? Nothing to do with schizophrenia, though. But th- the first one, The first people is the one we all started with in a non-INFJ environment. In a way, it's like in Fernando Pessoa's book of Disquiet, we all have two lives. The true, the one we dream of in childhood, and the false, the one we love when we, when we live with others. This first person we all start with as INFJ is someone who's spending much of their time off the outside world with all the, its foreign beliefs foreign needs, teachings, hidden agendas, confusion, misunderstanding, limitation, as well as expectations. A fight we fight without really understanding the stakes. And this is the world where we will choose or not to play a part later on in our life. This is the non INFJ word. And the second person is the one all of us, hopefully, will have to fight hard to get access to. This part is the reward part for us, our INFJ kingdom, if you will, where only us 
can live in and expand from. That's the part, the only part of our INFJ life where our gifts, our abilities will be able to develop and profit not only to ourselves, but the, to the rest of the world if we choose to if we are willing to. And that's precisely the part of our life once we enter the INFJ territory where our so-called INFJ addictions might become the very tools to create the life we all crave. What we do with such addictions? Of course, we can decide they are our secret garden and that would be the end of it. But If we decide to capitalize on them, let them shine whenever and wherever we want, then we can change our world, our reality, and then we can change the rest of the world and the rest of the INFJ world if we are willing to. The choice is ours. We can continue to be a well-kept secret to the world and to others, to other INFJs, or we can choose to grab our addictions our, and energy addictions, capitalize on them, be very practical about them and use them as a way to expand and as a way to help our fellow energies of the world. And let me share with you that I do what I do with my addictions. Let's talk about imagination, for instance, just an example. When you are it's very easy to escape reality through your mind. Very easy. And it's rewarding in a way because for a while you, you are living in, in gazillions of invisible worlds and you are free to do as you want to. It's comfortable in a way, I should say. When I was a child, my imagination was merely a survival tool. It was escapism at its at his uh, at his highest, my reality was so ugly and hopeless. So I spent a lot of time creating my memory palaces where I could return to any time I wanted to. But now I use my imagination for content creation, for helping others, for writings, for storytelling, for podcasting, for whatever that can be useful to the to the world and especially to you guys. And it is no longer a way of escaping the reality that I don't like, but a way of expanding the world, or the way of connecting with it, with it on my own terms. But it's a long, I give you that, it's a long confusing and painful process. So buckle up, my dear fellow INHs of the world. And looking at, at looking is also a big addiction in my life. And I suppose it is of yours too. Not peeping, looking, but I like it. I, I, I need to spend a lot of time looking at things. It's so intense sometimes. It, feel, it feels like I've been hypnotized, but whatever I'm looking at, at. And it wasn't before I had my first big epiphany at the age of 11 that I realized this addiction to looking was going to set me free from the constraints of my crappy childhood. And because to me, looking was like, was very much like sniffing the word in a way of making it talk to me to me, only to me, 
offering me a way to create things, to find a way outside my, 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 my prison at that time, opening doors, whatever the kind of doors, and connecting all these invisible dots together. It was my empowering, uh, way, empowering tool uh, beyond my widest dreams. And now thinking, of course, as INFJs, we are all do a lot of thinking, even overthinking, of course, which is not always a good thing sometimes. But we all know that we are very good at that. But when we become mature enough to overthink in a practical way, not just be like may be kept into a, a loop of overthinking loop that we are very much used to if we are able again to uh to be very practical about our thinking about our overthinking then it 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 it, it makes like we say in french il ça fait bouger les lignes it makes the line uh, the lines uh, change and it it's in reshuffle the cards in a way at least for us and I suppose that you, most of you have been there, my fellow INFJs, but overthinking is good, but overthinking in a practical way is better. And for myself, I use my overthinking in my work very much so because I take notes even of my overthinking and in, in, in a much more, uh, creative kind of endeavors. So the trick is you have to pay attention to your mind all the time. You know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a big, big, uh, uh, um, how should I say? I forgot the word in English. Uh, I'm a big fan, if you will, of awareness. So with awareness goes attention, of course. So the trick is pay attention to your mind as well as to your body. Something most, most INFJs are pretty much hopeless at, especially me. When it comes to our body, we are lousy, lousy, very lousy connectors. But we have one. Yes, 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 we have one body and it has to be correctly handled too. Nobody fancies a headless psychic like weirdo in their life do they? So think about it all you want, my precious weirdos, but stop when it starts hurting you instead of helping you, okay? There, there is a saying that goes like this, at the root of all addiction, addictions is pain. What do you think? Do you agree? I don't know about you guys, but I think pain is just part of addictions. There is also ego. Yes, our bruised ego, whatever the reason, can lead us to become addicts and not to the good addiction, so to speak. Of course, I am in no way, little disclaimer here, an addiction specialist. No, not at all. But the way I see it, bad addictions occur when our ego is in pain. And when it is in pain, the mind is desperately looking for a way to fix no pun intended, our body. So many people in the world suffer because their emotional needs are not addressed, at least not properly addressed. So we look for a quick fix. We want to get high just for a while. We wish to forget what hurts us so much and what's not there. But this is hopeless. This is a hopeless and sad situation 
too. Alcohol, drugs, food, gambling, violence, sex, whatever, the addiction is feeding the wrong person. You know, the two person I talked about earlier is feeding the wrong person inside of us. The one who is unaware of things and the one who is unaware of uh, its own uh their true potential and suddenly mislaid. And when the one who can become aware and accomplish great things is left starving, what happened? Why, why, why are we so afraid of being aware? Why are we rather clinging on so desperately, clinging on our illusions? Why are we taking drugs when we can be so incredibly powerful besides the fact that our illusions may be comfortable i know mine were for a while maybe for a long while even why do we linger in our own shadow perhaps that's because oblivion is not going to challenge us no fight no loss right but i found out and maybe you did too that we don't have to choose between being an addict or addictive to someone even though, again, it may be very flattering to be addictive to someone. There is another way for us. Hell, I don't want to choose between those two traps. I'm strong enough to avoid both, at least now, and clever enough to create a life of my own on my own terms. I suppose many of us keep away from bad addictions, and rightfully so, because we want to, to be to, we want to preserve ourselves from any kind of distractions and we don't want to lose the control over our life because there is something incredibly strong in every one of us, even, even though some of us might not be aware yet of that. Something like a dark diamond that may take years to shape into what we are meant to be as energies each at his own pace, but we are very much black diamonds, incredibly mighty. I'd, I'd like you to take my word on that, but I, I can't, I can't expect that. But if you trust me enough, take my word on that. And I don't know about you guys, but the more I think about classic, so to speak, addictions, the more I realize how harmful they might be for us in particular. Because as INFJs, our path will always be a part, unique, unfathomable, unfathomable, even for most people. And, and, and for us too, at the beginning of our life, always at the beginning of our life. We don't have a clue about what we are, who we are, what we are supposed to do. Why are we so weird? Why don't people, why can't people like us? Why can't people hang around with us? Why, why do we want to hang around people, but at the very sometimes don't? Why all these things? At the beginning of our lives, we are always clueless. Let's face it. Let's face it. Sorry. And, our addictions as INFJs make no sense to non-INFJ people. You know, the kind of uh, addictions I have and you may have too, like uh, uh, being uh, addicted to, to thinking, to time, to, to, to mysteries and so on and so forth. And it makes, as I said, no sense at all to non-INFJ people because we are already 
already that weird. And if we had to share our addiction, our very special kind of addiction to non-NFG people, what would they do with that that double dose of weirdness? I, I don't know. It, it's overwhelming already for us, but for them. Wow. <laughs> and it is so. We 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 are harboring we are no let's try that we are sheltering impossible very intricate kind of addictions and we are also addictive yes 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 but it is also very important to identify them as soon as possible understand them take care of them as we would with treasures because one day we are going to need them a lot Social media addiction is like suicide in daily installments. Barat Nain. Why are we so addicted to social media? Because in this podcast episode, I've been talking to all kinds of addiction, at least the main addictions, to the the non INFJs addictions like drugs, sex, violence, so forth. And, and, and these are the the kind of addiction we usually avoid as INFGs. Of course, it's not an absolute rule, but we usually don't do that kind of drugs. And I've been talking about the other kind of addictions, and those are the so-called usual main INFGs addictions. But one addiction I would like to talk about is the addiction to social media because it's very important and it's everywhere. You you can't you can't avoid them, even though maybe you are not on social media, their very existence is a reminder of how easy it is to become addicted to social media. And like Bharat Nain said, social media addiction is like suicide in daily installments. And why are we so addicted to them? They are unlike any other kind of addictions, but they can be very, very and deeply harmful to us energies of the world. And supposedly, the addiction to social media is based on our limbic system's craving for rewards, for pleasure, for acceptance. That's a biggie in the INFJ world. And expansion for the mind. And I wonder if we as INFJs are equally vulnerable to social media. I mean, do we take our smartphones with us into the bathroom? Do we check our Facebook profile even when we are uh, like, mm-hmm, you know what, in the in the bathroom? And, and, and uh, how many, let's be honest, how many times do we check our, our Instagram accounts, Facebook account, Twitter account, uh, TikTok account, YouTube account, whatever, you name it? How many times do we do that? I know I'm trying to cure myself because I'm not, at least I don't think I'm addicted to social media. I, I post very, very, um, not maybe not very seldom, but not that often. But, uh, I checked maybe, hmm, I, I don't know how many times because usually I check during the night or late evening. And I, I, uh, once I've checked my, my Facebook account, it like, it's like a, a question of maybe five minutes stops because I don't like very much Facebook. And then, uh, I, I check my Instagram. It's like 10 minutes. And then I read articles on social media and then, 
it it might it might be a matter of five minutes, ten minutes. It depends. So I don't think I can count myself as a social media addict, but I'm fully aware how often how easy sorry it can be uh, to become addicts and i certainly don't take my smartphone when i go to the, to the bathroom no way but i know some of us do it maybe non fgg people mostly but some of us infg people maybe we do that and how many of us let's let's be honest here how many of us take pictures of their meals like for uh, put a filter on and deliver that to uh, post that to uh, to instagram even though it has no interest whatsoever to take a picture of your pasta or or your sandwich who cares about that but we are some of us do that and many of non-infga people do that too and it's ridiculous but it's very again a social media like any addiction is very 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 of course very addictive very intoxicating and it and it's and it's and it's thought of uh, to be that way and do we share our intimacy with other people uh, through our posting on Instagram, Facebook, whatever? Do we do that? Do, do we share our intimacy? I, I know I can't. And do we secretly or not uh, aspire to become influencer and live in Dubai? I don't know about you guys, but I, I, I really don't. I don't give a, a, a dead rat about uh, being an influencer and living in Dubai. Not that I don't like Dubai. I never visited Dubai, but I don't want to be an influencer in Dubai. I, I want to, to do whatever I'm pleased as an INFJ. And it, it's it's not in Dubai. It's, it's rather in Sweden. But again, I have nothing against Dubai. I don't even know Dubai. So don't take it personally. But the question is, do you share your intimacy? Do you want to be at the top of the social media game and became an and become an influencer? I know I don't, but maybe some of you do. Uh, maybe if you if you if you want to to uh, uh, to give me your feedback on that, you can go to my website if you if you if you if you care if you feel like it. But this is this is something that some people do, and how. Do we as INFGs connect to the outside world, generally speaking? And it is at the subconscious, uh, subconscious level, level, sorry, where, where what we crave is to be found. Uh, it, what we crave is very much, very much empathic uh, data, insights, open-mindedness, complexity, and insatiable curiosity. And theoretically, our personality and our uh, holistic worldview should prevent us from becoming social media addicts. INFJ gains are very strong people and very insightful, yet we can become addicts at social medias. And strangely enough, we might also be very gullible as INFJs. I know I have been, you, you remember, I don't know if you remember guys, but at the, at the time, Bill Clinton was a president of the United States of America and he had uh, an affair with um, uh, Veronica. I don't remember her, her last name. Sorry about that, Veronica. But uh, he, he said, publicly he denied uh, never having had uh, an affair with uh, uh, I, I, I think it's Lavinsky I think and he said I, I remember I have I have never had 
rela sexual relation uh, with Monica Levinsky. Never, ever. I swear to it. And and I was like, okay, I believe you. Uh, and <laughs> now I, I, we all know that it wasn't true. It doesn't matter if it was true or not uh, if, if, uh, that Bing Clinton had an affair. But the fact is that I was very gullible and I bought that. And so some of us who are still very gullible often enough anyway, might might fall in that trap of the social media. And I've been there, I've done that, and perhaps to you too. And we already been through what usual addictions can can lead us to. But what about when we are the subject of addiction, when someone is addictive to you? I don't know if you have been there, guys, but I've been there. And uh, it's a very much a dangerous thing. At least my experience of that is not a good one. And mm, it's, it's how, how should I put it? It's a tricky kind of situation. Like I said before, it's flattering and moving, very moving, emotionally moving. When someone is addicted to you, when someone is constantly searching for your com company for for your presence in their lives it's flattering no no denying after all we are uh, charismatic beings and sometimes our special gifts can make people um believe that we are not <laughs> it's a very weird way of saying that but our charisma and our very special gifts can make people believe that we are more than we are. And what, what, what I mean by that is that they believe we are humans, okay, undoubtedly, but there is a dimension in our being that is more than human. And this dimension is often uh, confused with like you are a prophet, like you are a guru, like you are a psychic, like you are a semi-god or whatever, uh, and it's very dangerous because when people start to believe that you are you are in a world of pain and you are in a world of confusion and we all know what confusion brings in people's lives don't we but the problem with being addic addictive to some people is that those people usually at least very often let's 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 speak very often those people very often can be immature, narcissistic, and emotionally emotionally unbalanced people, to say the least. And for us, this can be a good opportunity to connect with the rest of the world because non-energy people becoming addicted to us can be that opportunity to connect with the, 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 the world of non-energy people. Let's say it that way. And make make the, the outside world listen to our voice in a very um, real, attentive way, real listening, if you will. But this is a minefield for us. Non-INFG people can become resentful towards us once they realize we are not semi-god, we are not psychic, we are not at least most of, the, of us. We are not gods, we are not prophets, we are not gurus. We are very, very incredibly gifted people. But we are not gods and we should not be viewed and treated as gods because we all know what happens to people uh, who are viewed as God and who are not. 
you know the, the it's a, a parallel of a good parallel a good example with the the movie the man who wanted to be king who would like to be king i, I don't remember the title uh, from a, a novel of uh, Rudyard Kipling with uh, with uh, Sean Connery and the, the ending was very bad for Sean Connery so let's be as mighty, as weird, as powerful, as insightful as we are destined to be. But let's the world and don't do not let the world confuse us with with gods. We are not. We are a breed apart, no denying, but we are not gods. And if you if you feel like being addicted to 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 us, to one of us, or to all of us, I don't know. If you are uh, it's your problems. It's not ours because we are not feeding your your addiction, and we shouldn't if we are uh, tempted to do. It's your your needs, not ours. It's your uh, issue, not ours. And if something goes wrong in your world, and you can't blame us for that because you chose a path that we we are not. Uh, imposing on you, okay? So be careful with addition. Either way, it's a it's a minefield, okay? Apart, of course, from the good so-called good addition I mentioned earlier. But as I said before, I have been a uh, uh, some people have been uh, addicted to me, and uh, I I feel very bad when it happens because I feel like the people in front of me is not mature enough to 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 go his or her own path and need uh the mediation of uh, of of someone like me but i i'd rather have someone fighting his his or her fights and going to, uh, coming to me once they are mature enough to have real exchanges for with me than someone who is using me to uh, to mature i don't want to be used i don't want to be uh used in any way, I don't want to be the the person uh, you flatter and then you throw up because you you think that I I I mislead I mislead you. I don't like misleading people, and I certainly don't want people to be addicted to me. End of the uh, of the the chapter regarding my own uh, experience as an addictive person and being uh, sorry because. At the end of someone as, someone's addiction to you, not to me, to you, uh, now I'm talking about you guys. At the end of such a kind of addiction, what happens usually? People tell you, who the hell, who the hell do you think you are? You have done anything, but they ask you that as if you have done something wrong with them. You are not better than me, we already know that. And I, I'm sure... It rings some pairs in 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 many of yous, uh, many of yous guys, because it, it's people are confused by us and people confuse us. And when you hear the phrases "Who the hell are you?" and "You're not better than me," you know that you have been victim. You have fallen victims of someone else's addiction to you. And between our INFJ addictions and being and being addictive, addictive to someone, uh, to some non-INFJ people, most of the time, we should we shouldn't have to choose because, like I said, we we are so incredibly powerful. That kind of choices shouldn't be part of our lives as INFJs because, again, our path is 
unit is mysterious and none of those two options would ever be able to shelter, to nourish our abilities, our special abilities and reflect our special visions. How could they? Because in the words of Emily Mercury, a Zionages, you need to be uniquely you, to stand out, to shine, to be colorful. The world needs your prismatic soul. I love you guys.